We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking rookie running back prospects on Roto-Viz Radio. So quick note here before we get into today's episode, unfortunately, we had some connectivity issues on Curtis's side that prevented him from getting a clean signal while we were recording or even sending me his clean file that he records of his audio on his computer, just couldn't get it uploaded in over to me. Tried to delay hoping that it would come through this morning. Unfortunately, didn't make it. So there's going to be some audio problems in this uh, episode, which we apologize for. But here is the episode. What's up, everybody? It's Curtis and Dave. This is the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast live stream slash podcast. Uh, our score scout tonight, um, the 2022 running back class. We did this with the wide receivers earlier this week. Really fun exercise. Kind of get those sims, the type of players that these prospects might become in the NFL. Uh, both in style and in production. Of course, that's what gets us on the fantasy profiles. Um, we're going to talk Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, three, Kyron Williams, plus my top running back sleeper in the 2022 class, four tier one running backs. I've got four roses bourbon. Dave, hit us with a stat attack and let's get into this thing. Yeah. All right. Let's just go right away to it. We talked about breakaway rush score Last week, I teased some of the performances. We didn't really get too in-depth, but Brees Hall, who we are definitely going to be talking tonight about a player that a lot of people feel pretty good about in albeit not the strongest running back class we've ever seen, actually comes in second in the 2022 running back class with a breakaway rush score of 100 uh, and four. Hold on, dude. Uh that seems odd. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, it's 101. 101. All right. So off by three there. Oh, 104. Kennedy Brooks. Must be Kennedy Brooks, eh? Yes, yes, yes. Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I know that was a completely unnecessary pause right there <laughs> to look that up. But yes, it was 101. I knew something seemed fishy. Uh, but 101, that's a strong score, um, especially for this class. If you look at some of the historical numbers that you see, 
um, 100 puts him up with players like a Michael Carter and Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook in that range. So definitely nothing to scoff at. Uh, and that is um, all available in the guide, which as a reminder, if you check out and you get that guide, you get a 15% discount on a Rotovia subscription is included in the guide. So just another reason to go check that out. And also got to recommend that you go over to the FFPC and check out everything that they have going on there. And that is our FFPC stat attack. All right, Curtis, what do you say we start bro- uh, box score scouting here? Let's get into it, man. We got Brees Hall. What, what do you got for me on Brees Hall? All right, Brees Hall, um, 73 inches tall, 220 uh, pounds, big guy. Um, will be, uh, 20, uh, we'll have a draft age of 20, May 31, 2001 is the birth date, uh, which is crazy to start thinking Curtis about players from two, you know, guys born in 2001 as being 20 aging ourselves there, but yeah, final (laughs) college season at age 20, um, in the guide, we have him ranked just behind, uh, one wide receiver in Burks, who we talked about last week, clearly looks like the the number one player at the running back position. Uh, played three years at Iowa State, was involved in all of them. Actually, saw 186 yards in his or 106, 186 attempts in his first season at Iowa State as a freshman. Um, put up 897 yards that year with nine rushing touchdowns. Um, in his sophomore season, 1,573 rushing yards, 21 rushing touchdowns, had a rushing attempt adjusted market share of 77, a running back dominator of 84, put up similar market share numbers uh, in his final year at Iowa State, played 12 games, 1,462 rushing yards and 20 receptions. So that's 50 touchdowns on his career, 3,932 rushing yards and a rushing or excuse me, running back dominator of 0.81 over the course of his college career. Yeah, this is, this is definitely uh, the kind of the intersect of early production and sustain in the class. Brees Hall, um, kind of picking up where David Montgomery left off in that Iowa State program. Just look at this guy. Look at the drip on this player, man. I, he looks <laughs> great in that in that kid. I hope you in a, a cool uh, NFL city because you got to love Team Visor uh, when it comes to running backs. And um, I think you you highlighted a lot of really important points there, Dave. You know, we, we know that we like the bigger backs. We like some some backs that can cut some ball a bit. He's really well in terms of what he uh, provides from a production standpoint, and then you know also um, just from a skill set standpoint. Now, I should clarify before we even talk about where we've got him ranked in the rookie guide. You know, he sims to from a production profile standpoint. Uh, let's talk about just where Brees Hall. Uh, you know, he is our RB one to clarify where he would compare to like last year's class. Yeah. I would actually have put him like RB four behind Javante Williams. So, you know, that's, so, you know, b- behind Najee, you know, behind Javante, um, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep that in mind because we always want the one oh one, 
you know, it's great to have the 101. Brees Hall is definitely worthy of 101 consideration in one QB leagues for sure. And, you know, to some maybe league settings, even in a super flex capacity, because it's a, it's a weak class. But to also keep in mind the relative value of the players year to year to year, because you're going to have those opportunities to trade picks this year for players that are already in the league or picks this year for picks next year. Kind of just keep that in mind. Uh, but with that, you know, we'll kind of go to where our team has him. You know, in our one QB rankings, he's our second overall player. We talked about Traylon Burks earlier this week. Um, uh, so Breeze slots in behind him uh, in our composite rankings here at Rotoviz. And then, um, you know, in Superflex, he also is still uh, number two player overall. We actually did not change our one and two there. Uh, that at least at point in the process. Now, Dave gave us some of the measurements on Brees. So we, we've got a 220 pound back. Um, before the combine, with most of these higher end backs, I like to assume, you know, hey, around a four, five in the 40. That's what I typically use as a control. Now they're going to be plus or minus, you know, five one hundredths of a second, most of these backs. Um, I certainly expect, you know, Brees probably be maybe even a little higher than four or five. Um, and then, you know, you get the draft, you get the draft pick uh, projection. So, you know, Earlier this week, we're using the NFL mock draft database. You know, just if you didn't see the show earlier this week, it's a site that kind of compiles all of the mock drafts around the industry and then trends them and gives you, you know, basically an ADP, a mock draft ADP. Um, but it's, it's based off of NFL uh, drafts, not fantasy drafts. So they've got Brees Hall at four all. So now we've got all the information we need to come up with Sims and the Rotobiz Prospect Box Score Scout. And uh, I, I want to take a look at that now because there's some really interesting names here, Dave, that I think uh, will get people interested, even though I'm saying, you know, I don't like him as much as some of the backs uh, from the 2021 class. So let's get into this here. Zoom in a little bit for the audience. The opposite direction that we want to go. Here we go. over here a little bit we've got dalvin cook as the number one uh dalvin cook as the number one sim is uh prospect box score scout followed by duke johnson i'm zooming out so zooming in sorry about that guys uh followed by duke johnson cam Akers. so the top three for Brees hall dalvin cook duke johnson cam Akers. we get a little bit of noise here with bishop sankey <laughs> thomas um, but we also get Shady, LaShawn McCoy, Marlon Mack, J.K. Dobbins, Le'Veon Bell, Sean Moreno. So this is actually a really nice group. Uh, uh, even, even the guys lower end this, except for the, the total flops and Sankey and Thomas, uh, there's a lot of production up and down. You know, Probably the lowest end producers here are Duke Johnson, Marlon Mack, and Sean. But even, even all three of them challenged for low end RB1 uh, at least one time in their career. Sean even had that one standout year with, with Peyton. And then the rest of the list is, is, is pretty darn uh, exciting. I mean, Dalvin, multi-time, uh, top five, uh, running back. Everyone's excited about him. It looks like he's covered from the Achilles. Shady, you know, borderline Hall of Fame player. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, probably not Hall of Fame level, but Hall of Fame level talent had his career played out differently. So if, uh, upon first glance, what are you thinking about this list here? This list is dynamite. Um, this, I think, is one of the stronger lists that I ever remember looking at for a running back. Now, I am not sure 
like you said, that um, you know he's as talented necessarily or as strong of a prospect as some of these guys that we've seen in recent years. But when you look at a group of Sims like that, it's hard not to get excited. Yeah, and and so I think when you see this, what you're just looking for is uh, who does the prospect most resemble? Is it most? Uh, and I think really interesting because he's projected to have second round uh, NFL draft capital too. You're not necessarily getting the elite of the elite pulled in here, um, but we're getting a lot of guys who didn't really get drafted in the first round, but on to have great careers. Um, so I think that is some signal there when, when the, you know, eight, eight or eight out of the 10 closest Sims are very positive for Brees Hall. So I think it's fully justifiable to consider him with the 101. You know, if you're playing, uh, like many of our listeners do in the FFPC, you know, high stakes league with shallower benches and, uh, a traditional dynasty format over there where they only force you to start two wide. Um, you know, I think Brees and that, that type of setup. Uh, is very worthy of the 101. Now, if you get into our Rotovis Triflex Dynasty leagues or you know other leagues where you can flex up even to like five, six wide receivers at top, I still think you got to go with the big man trail on there. Uh, but it's, it's probably a coin flip uh, for most in the industry that I've seen so far, and and it's totally justified when you see a list like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, all I right, think... Dave. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right. Um... I was going to comment on that, but you know what? Why don't we just move along to a player here that I actually got pretty excited about? Well, I did some more digging into him while working on the guide, and that is Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M, 73 inches tall, 225 pounds. Another big running back will have a draft age of 20, played his final college season at age 20. Uh, as a 18 year old freshman, 174 rushing attempts, 946 yards and 10 touchdowns, an RB dominator of 0.51 as a junior in 10 games did crack the 1000 yard mark on 186 attempts. Also added nine rushing touchdowns. Then in his final year at Texas A&M, 12 games, 179 yards, 1,012 or excuse me, 179 rushing attempts, 1,012 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, running back dominator of 0.44. So it's going to be interesting, Curtis, to see who the comps are here, given that we actually saw a little bit of the slowing of his pace on some of these stats, in particular touchdowns across his career, and then also the lowest running back dominator of his career coming in his junior season. So I'm interested to see where those come out in terms of where we have Spiller. We do like him as the second best running back in the league. There are in the draft, but we do have a handful of wide receivers ahead of him. Yeah. Let's get a look at the guy here. This is a pretty cool picture uh, from their, you know, the uh, matchup with Lamar, (laughs) Um, but you've got, that you've, um, you know, Spiller just kind of running away from everybody. You know, when we were doing our rankings in our, in our mock drafts for volume one of the guide, uh, this was a player that I, I felt like Sean was just getting hotter and hotter on him um, as we did each mock draft. And I think it's a function behind Brees. You know, I, I think it's fair to look at the other three guys um, kind of turning the, the top tier of running backs into a, a four-man group. Just a, a, a hard after Reese Hall. 
Um, but there's always that dynamic in dynasty rookie drafts where everyone after that initial, you know, exciting player gets pushed up at the running back position. Everyone desperately needs that hit, desperately looking for a 300 point player. And it's just so hard for people to be patient or see that at the wide receiver position, especially when you can buy, you know, veteran uh, wide receiver production uh, at the you know kind of low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, so cheaply in dynasty typically. So I, I do expect that that will happen. I don't know if it's going to be from an industry perspective, if it's going to end up being Spiller or one of the other two guys got up there in this tier. Um, but I did want to note that. I even saw that happening within our within our group, um, which you know we, we we try not to push running backs up, but we you know when you start looking at what happened in a draft, even on a team like ours that favor wide receiver, it just happens. Um, okay, so let's talk about where we've got him ranked in the rookie guide. So Spiller in our one QB rankings uh, comes in at seven or. Uh, again, you've mentioned the RB2 and Superflex gets pushed down by a couple of those quarterbacks and he is overall player number nine. You put in all the sauce. All right. So let's go over to, let's go over to our FL uh, mock draft database. They have uh, just one spot behind Brees Hall is where they've got Isaiah Spiller. So, you know, that, that makes for a pretty uh, comparable box score. Um, you know, cohort, but we see a lot of different players show up here. You get the overlap with Cam Akers from the Sims uh, with Brees Hall, but then we get some new names. We get Shane Vereen, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Hall, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Michael LaShore, Darius Geist, TJ Yeldon, and on Johnson. So uh, definitely a different uh, swath of prospects here, but there's still a lot of positive in terms of just fantasy relevance with some RB2 seasons, David Montgomery with the top five, I think RB3 overall season, if you look at the uh, overall season long scoring rather than points per game. Recently, Ingram, multiple RB1 seasons and plenty of RB2. Ben Hall was a flash in the pan. We already talked about Bell. You, you have some noise here with Darius Geis. He was certainly a great prospect, just didn't pan out. Then, you know, LeSure and Yeldon, kind of the lower end here and, and, and Johnson. Also, not necessarily uh, cut um, these other guys. So um, again, actually a pretty a pretty solid group, uh, considering that we would have Spiller ranked below a lot of the backs from the twenty twenty one class. Dave, yeah, and though it doesn't compare to the Hall group, it is impressive when you see a list of I think every name on there actually had some relevancy on an NFL roster uh, and had a season where they were contributing. So that's actually a pretty good list, which I think should be seen as encouraging. Now, part of the reason why those names aren't as impressive is the overall body of work throughout the career didn't hold up like Hall's did. Uh, you know, some of that was that decline. And then naturally, you're going to have a strong group of players like that, given the projected draft position. But I think it speaks to some of the things that we could see from Spiller. Uh, so, you know, if we do see him go drafted in that spot, we do see him test well at the combine. Then I think that, you know, there is going to be this interesting conversation about how high up he really can creep. So that's one of the things I'll be paying attention to. Yeah, I think those are good notes. Let's move on to our RB3. We're going to head Yeah, so Kenneth Walker uh, is our RB3 uh, coming out 
of Michigan State by way of Wake Forest. Actually played his first two years at Wake Forest. 70 inches tall, 212 pounds. Oh, sorry. Did you say something? No, I was just just, uh, enjoying your... I was just enjoying your description there. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, it was slight for just for everybody uh, at home, slightly spotty connection tonight. So, you know, I wasn't sure what we were, if we were having some interference there. But uh, uh, draft age will be 21, played his final college season at age 21. As a freshman, 98 rushing attempts, 579 yards, four rushing touchdowns, an RB dominator of 0.35. Interestingly enough, puts up 579 yards again as a sophomore. That was on 119 attempts, only played seven games though. But in those seven games, 13 rushing touchdowns, developed that nose for the end zone, an RB dominator of 0.59. Then in his junior season, played 12 games, 263 attempts, 1,635 yards, which was 6.2 yards per carry, highest of his career, also put up eight touchdowns had an RB dominator of 0.56. So that's only 35 touchdowns on his career, but an impressive number. Um, when you look at what he was able to do with those seven games in 2020, then 18 in 2021. So we turn our attention to the Sims Curtis. What do we have? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, the first thing we need to do is solve for the projected draft. Uh, he's projected as a very late second round pick right now. When you look at the industry mock 63rd position overall. Uh, so we, we put that in, you know, with, with everything uh, that Dave's already told us there. and. Uh, a group that's um, slightly less impressive than what we've seen with our top two running backs that we talked about so far tonight. So we've got Walker's closest sim here being Michael LaShore. Jamal Charles is a hell of a sim for any that's a pop up. Uh, and Charles was a third round pick himself. Um, so that second, third round borderline there, uh, I think is, you know, it's great to pull in this name, obviously. 
Sean Green, bit of a bust. Uh, Daryl Henderson. It's, he's given us, you know, in spots what we wanted, um, but it, he just hasn't sustained it over the course of a full season uh, for myriad reasons. Uh, Darrington Evans has been a total flop. Trey Mason had one relevant. Carter uh, basically I'd forgotten about him until I saw him on this list. Amir Abdullah, um, one preseason play is basically his career. <laughs> Bernard Pierce was a spot flex starter. <laughs> Bernard Pierce was a spot for uh, a time. And Lamar Miller, uh, you know, Lamar Miller's an interesting name here. I actually think that would be a pretty solid outcome yeah. for a player like Walker. A couple uh, seasons of fantasy relevance, probably never, you know, bring the top or five rounds of dynasty startups, but certainly a player that, you know, you don't mind having as your RB2, RB3 on a team that's strong at other positions. Yeah. So I look at this list and I see a lot of names that feel like guys that were always kind of close, always you were holding out some hope for them, but it just never really hit. And when you look at the type, this makes sense. This feels right. Because when you look at the profile of Walker, right, there's some things to get excited about, but you don't have it all quite coming together in a way that's going to support you to have uh, the ability to make a case where you can get really excited about drafting him onto your team. Um, so I think it will be interesting to see how things settle out um, in the industry, how far away he gets removed from Spiller um, and Hall, assuming that everybody ends up with them yeah. in a yeah. tier of their own. That's one of the things I'm going to be looking to. Um, but, you know, the other thing here is Curtis, right? There are other backs that we could talk about too that I think possibly fill in to that area with uh, Walker. Yeah. Now, I think I do like him a little bit better than the player we're going to talk about next, uh, who is Kyron Williams. Uh, but it's important to recognize that in this year, there are going to be other options. We might be a little bit confused at the time about who the correct ones are to target. But I think that finding those guys this year is going to be really important as there's not just as many standouts as we've seen prior. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Um, I think it's fair to draw a line. After it would be fair if you wanted to draw a line between Hall and Spiller. It would be fair if you wanted to draw a line between Spiller and Walker. It would also be totally fair if you wanted to wait until after Kyron Williams to draw that line. Um, so Dave, you know, kind of give us the stats. We can talk about the concerns and also the things that really pop with Williams. Sure. So Williams, a smaller back than the ones we've talked about, 69 inches, 189 pounds. We'll have to see what he actually weighs in on. We'll have a draft age of 21. Final college season was played at 21. Uh, very limited usage as a freshman at Notre Dame in 2020 as a sophomore played 12 games had 211 rushing attempts rushed for 1,125 yards put up 13 touchdowns in an RB dominator of 0.73 in 2021 uh, as a 21 year old junior 12 games 204 rushing attempts 998 yards 14 rushing touchdowns, RB dominator of 0.62. So you're looking at a player that had some production, um, not a you know prolific body of work by any stretch of the imagination, but did have good market share numbers. So I'm interested to see how he performed in the Sims. Yeah, maybe maybe not a prolific body of work per se, but um, body looks solid. Uh, if you look there, I mean, this is a confident dude, even though he's smaller. Uh, just, you know, we, we think he's going to tip in right around 
200. I'm sure that the training team will try to beefing up to toward 205 as much as possible. Um, you know, but you know, his, his playing weight this year was reported as 198. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, it, this is definitely a different back, you know, sub 210 these other guys. Now he, he does give up some height. So, you know, maybe the BMI ends up similar. We didn't pull that for this episode, but, um, you know, that's also, you know, a, a relevant, um, a relevant measurable there. So let's talk about where these mock drafts have Kyron Williams going. Uh, this is going to be the first player that drops below the second round for us. Um, it looks like he's coming in at 72nd. Um, overall, the highest being mock drafted is 45th uh, over the last couple of weeks. So, so, you know, I think there's a little bit of division here. Um, you know, definitely a, a, a wider bracket around the range of outcomes uh, for Kyron, but you know, like be in early to mid third uh, when you, when you kind of average it all together, let's take a look at what that means for his road of his box score scout Sims. Totally different list. Mm. This, this is a, this, this is a that would lead you to believe that we should not be drafting, you know, this back in, in the first um, unless there are some league specific settings. And I, I think our team has them ranked, uh, accordingly, Dave. So in the volume one of our road of his fantasy football draft guide, uh, in, in one QB, we have in at uh, 13 overall as our RB4. So there's, there's plenty of wide receivers sneaking in there. Uh, just Walker kind of peppered in the middle before you get down to Kyron. Now I will say Travis may our lead Debbie analyst. He loves Kyron Williams. Uh, he's hot. The, the only reason that he's at 13 is actually because Travis, the rest of the team is a little lower. Travis watches more college football than the rest of us combined. So I should say that, um, uh, you, you know, he, he is bringing analysis to it. Obviously he's still, uh, a, a research, a data, uh, and, uh, uh, I, I guess I would say a, a research based, um, analyst, just like the rest of us, but he just watches more, and you can't see. Uh, and he watches a lot of Notre Dame football there as well. So he's bringing that to the table. When you get to Superflex, he really gets pushed down, man. The Superflex tight end premium rankings, uh, he falls behind our top two uh, tight ends in those settings as well as, uh, um, you know a handful of quarterbacks. So this is a different player, really affected by the other positions and league specific settings. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, as as you look at your draft picks in your hand, where are you going to target Williams? We probably won't end up with much, Dave, because most I think most rookie drafts, your RB four is going to go before this area. Yeah, so you know one of the interesting things too with Williams, I think, is what teams actually might want to do with him. So one question that you might have is, what did his receiving chops look like when he was in school? Had 35 receptions uh, in 2020, 42 um, as a junior, uh, four receiving touchdowns in total, 675 yards on his career. So we'll have to see how teams could use him in that capacity. Uh, I will say too, now I don't get to watch as much as uh, Travis does, but from from going back and looking at some film myself, is a really fun player. Uh, so I can see how people might start yeah. to get excited about him as we have more of a chance to start to digest these backs. All right, Dave. Um, let's. So that's our top four. So just just to round that out, you know, you got Brees Hall, you got Isaiah Spiller, you get Kenneth Walker three, and you get 
uh, Kyron Williams. That's the top. That's the top four. I want to add in my top sleeper. This okay. is a player I'm really excited about. Uh, why don't you tell us who it is, Dave? So that is uh, Tyler Algier. Is the I I I, list, I watched some clips so that I could get the pronunciation correctly. Wasn't sure if it was Algier. It, <laughs> it, 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 it is Algier. Yeah. I can confirm that. Uh, a player out of BYU did play a full uh, four years in college. Stands seven one. Another larger back at two hundred twenty pounds. Could be hurt. Seven, and, that's seventy. That's seventy one inches. Uh, that, oh, did that I say be, seven one? That would be another level. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah, a long week, man. Altogether. It's been a long week. Been a long week. All right. <laughs> 71 <laughs> inches, 220 pounds. Uh, will be 22, though, actually. Uh, have a draft age of 22. Limited involvement in his yeah. first two years at BYU. Played 11 games in his junior year. 150 rushing attempts. Average 7.5 yards per carry though putting him at 1131 yards on the year 13 rushing touchdowns but an rb dominator <laughs> but of just 0.39 big swing though man in um 2021 at, as a senior 276 rushing attempts 1606 rushing yards but 23 touchdowns also an rb dominator of 0.62 so keep in mind, Curtis mentioned him as a sleeper. So if we see a list of players here for the Sims that are a little bit different, that is to be expected. Yeah. So I want to add some context too. You know, Dave mentions that he didn't really pop as running back until year three. The reasons for that uh, are that he was actually playing linebacker. Um, he was a super prolific uh, running back in high school. Uh, gets an offer, a two-way player in high school, and gets an offer uh, at BYU, starts out on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so that's what makes him a really interesting prospect for me because this is the type of player that when you're spending a little bit of a later rookie draft pick, you're just looking for a guy that can contribute in any way because every time you're on the field is a chance to shine. This is a special teams player for sure on day one. Um, and you know, because of that experience on the other side of the ball, I think that gives him, um, some intelligence in terms of knowing where to attack the defense. It also gives him toughness. Um, you know, the, the, and, and it shows up, you know, if you, if you like watching highlights, watch Tyler Algiers highlights, probably one of my favorite of any player in this class is after a fumble, uh, Algier chasing down, uh, the Posing defender and then forcing another fumble and getting the ball back uh, for BYU. This is the type of player we're talking about. When I watch him, man, and, and you can almost see it, just the body type looking at him right here. I just think of James Connor. I think now, not James Connor uh, in, the, in the sense that, you know, we get frustrated about his uh, ability to stay healthy, but like good James Connor when he was on the field, uh, his first year or two in Pittsburgh, where kind of just doing everything. He got that chance when Lev Bell uh, wasn't playing and he just kind of never gave the, never gave the job back. That's what I think Tyler Algier is. He's a player that I would, if I was a starting running back on an NFL team, kind of loathe hearing this involved uh, on NFL draft day, because I just know that this guy's going to eventually eat into my uh, workload. So let's see what the NFL mock draft database has to say about Algier. 
Um, another player where there's a little bit of disagreement. Uh, some are mocking him actually as a day two back, Dave, uh, 71st wow. overall, the highest that we see him go. Um, but many of them, uh, many of the other, and the more common thing that I see is an A3 uh, pick. I think he's going to test impressively. He'll be a step slower than the other guys we've talked about so far, but he's, I mean, he's strong as an ox and he's going to win the underwear Olympics. Uh, he's back, talked about in uh, the NFL combine. So what does that give us in the NF, in the uh, road of his box score uh, scout here? Let's uh, scroll over and take a look. So Tyler Algier uh, in, in our one QB rankings in the guide, uh, overall rank of 19. Uh, I've got him as high as 14. Uh, and we've got a couple guys. I think Blair actually might be a little bit lower than the rest of us, but he comes in as a mid late second round pick. I think that's fair right now. We've got him at, at RB five uh, and super flex. He just gets the same adjustment uh, that we saw actually for uh, Kyron, just dropping two spots there. The center list that we see here, Kenneth Dixon, Kenneth Dixon, man, he was like such a favorite of so many to eventually pop out. But unfortunately, he just got completely hosed with injuries, uh, uh, was a Ravens draft pick a couple of years ago. Um, Zach Ma, interesting, another player from out West, um, a little bit of a compiler in college. Um, not sure that that's necessarily a negative, um, but it's not necessarily a positive either. Royce Freeman, also a similar player in terms of a big back and do a little bit of everything. Uh, got passed up uh, despite a, a limited shot that he got in Denver. Jonathan Franklin, Amir Abdullah, Kareem Hunt, uh, Javon Ringer, James Conner, So I think, you know, if you take out Hunt, who would obviously be, you know, the clear winner of this group, and he has wiggle that Algier just does not have. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no similarities between those players other than their draft goal and, and production, but they're just not similar at all. But I think when you see names like James Conner, like Alexander Madison, and then like Zach Moss and Royce Freeman, those are the four guys that I look here when I see what his uh, box score looks like. You look at the size, you look at what he's probably going to run and where he's being projected in the NFL draft. Those are the four that I think make a lot of sense um, in terms of about, uh, uh, you know, an Algier low end outcome might look like Royce Freeman. A high-end outcome might look like James Conner. And you got to like that in the late second round. So I'm going to probably be overdrafting him uh, because some of the wide receivers that we see going in the middle of the second round or maybe in a one QB context, drafting that first QB, I'd rather take Algier and then take my chances on some of those smaller school wide receivers like Sky Moore, who we <laughs> the other day. You can pick them up in round three. We can pick them up in round three after getting Algier in round two, Dave. Yeah, so just one comment I want to make too as we're looking through that list of players because I think for a guy that we're talking about in this context, there's some really intriguing names there. Now, Royce Freeman didn't really work out, but he was a very strong prospect coming out of school, a player that I really liked. And I think that if you have that type of profile that Royce Freeman did getting drafted 10 times, a decent percentage of those types of players are going to work out. Um, So I think just having names like that, James Conner, like you said, for a player that's probably going to be draftable at the point in rookie drafts that we would expect, you know, it's definitely worth a name taking down. And what I was going to say, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. It gives you an opportunity knowing that he's there to maybe go for some other positions to fill in, knowing that you have guys like this you can take some chances with later on. 
Yeah, 100%. The other thing that I would say is if you draft Algier, he's a hold for two years no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, when we saw Connor come into the league, you know, he was just absolutely buried behind Lev Bell. But then when he got his chance, uh, you know, he made the most of it. That is exactly what I think will happen with Algier. And the other guys that we talked about, Madison has gotten his chance. He hasn't been able to usurp Dalvin Cook, but he's looked every bit the part of a fantasy compiler when he can't. You know, he's, he's a good enough back uh, to, to produce. And Moss and Freeman got their chances too. Algier's going to get his chance. So hold on to him. Even if he doesn't give it to you in, in, in year one, uh, he's going to give it to you. Now, before we go, Dave, we've got some uh, chatter uh, in, the, in the commentary today. Uh, Jose Pena, uh, whoop, I gave him my comment. Let's go here. Uh, Jose Pena says, curious to know if there will be more best ball content in 2022. Helped one of few leagues in best ball tens. Um, Jose, we will be crushing best ball more than ever in 2022. Uh, we, oh my goodness, the, the chat's going crazy right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <it's> interesting. <laughs> we, we won't share all of those. Yeah. Um, but you know, Sean does his best ball workshop every year. Um, he and Blair are doing a series where they draft some, uh, FFPC, uh, kind of, uh, not way too early best ball tournament teams. Um, I'm already almost 30 drafts deep now. Uh, on underdog and we're going to be doing a lot of underdog content this year as well. Yep. Uh, so Jose, you know, you did the best ball tens last year. If you're going to play $10 best ball, I would say uh, the underdog $10 tournament that's going on right now, because you can still win money for winning your league, but there's actually a chance at a jackpot beyond that. Um, now you're playing, you know, against, you know, a larger pool of players, but consider that. So I would like to steer you there as well. And then, uh, you know, Dave and I are going to be talking best ball targets um, all off season long. And the last thing that I'll say is we're going to have the opportunity to pick the brains of the best and brightest in the industry. A month and a half is nuts. So next week, we've got Scott Barrett coming on the show. The week after, it's Ryan McDowell. Then we get Danny Kelly, Danny... Uh, Kelly of the Ringer, who does such a great job with his draft guide as well, was an uh, absolute dynamite guest for us last summer. We talked to the LA Rams and Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson when he was on. Uh, we're going to follow that up with my, my, uh, my guy, Ray GQ, Ray Garvin of FTN Networks, and come on and tell us what he sees uh, in these prospects, whereas we're looking more at the production, the statistics, and the measurables watching these players. Let's that up a little bit, see what we come up with. And we're going to round it off with the Podfather uh, in, in mid-March. So this is going to be a really fun uh, tour de force that we're bringing on. Looks like we got one more question. I will give you the opportunity to answer this one. I already own DJ, Rondale, and Elijah, says Joe Massa. How much should I overpay to Lance Sky? Hmm. We'll see if Curtis, since I know he likes Sky, feels differently. I don't think that he's the type of player that you overpay for. Personally, for me, a lot of what makes him intriguing is that you could get him at a price that seems fair, what one might even consider a discount. Uh, so yeah. I probably wouldn't overpay with that group of receivers that you have. He does not have the profile that supports doing so. Yeah, so uh, I think what I said the other day on the pod uh, was I'd like to trade up to the early third to get him instead of other players in the third. Um, and I do this every single year. I end up end up on the clock. There's one or two of these guys that's still available. I trade into the very late second or early third to get them. Um, so what I would 
what I would, I need to look at equity. Uh, what I would, what I would say here is, you know, if he's on the board, 301, three, uh, 302, et cetera, Joe, and let's say you're sitting at there at 306, 308 uh, or later, toss in your fourth or just try to move up to the early third. And, and you could, you could say that really for any prospect that you're looking at in that area. I would certainly be doing that for sky if I was drafting this week. Um, so that also might have to do the DJ more, Rondell more, Elijah more, uh, Sky more, a little bit slow. Just got that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah we, we gave a very serious answer, but uh, you know, you can never have too many cooks, and I guess you can never have too many more. <laughs> All right. Hey, Curtis, uh, what day of the week is it? Well, what day of the week is it when everybody's listening? Uh, it, well, it's Thursday night uh, on the live stream. It's Friday morning. Uh, it is Friday morning for those of you listening to the podcast. Um, we're just going to go classic with our uh, stay positive, work hard, and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 